Bretto after an extremely tough 2020 for many it is so exciting to announce our first in real life event for 2021 Oh, MP, it's an understatement to say we miss connecting with our tribe, but it makes the 2021 wellness breakthrough all the more exciting. If you're ready to rebound or to make a comeback and even make 2021 your best year yet, you are warmly invited to join Brett, myself, and an intimate group of like-minded souls at the wellness breakthrough from February 5 to 7. Imagine yourself tucked away in the serene Streslecki Ranges of Gippsland, Victoria. You don't have to cook, you don't have to clean or do anything domestic. We feed you, we accommodate you, we hold the space for you to create your own wellness breakthrough. Whether it's in your health, your relationships, work, life, wealth, spirit, any part of your life, you can expect major transformation at our most intimate event. We'd love for you to join us, but spaces are strictly limited to 20 attendees. And as we record this, we have less than 10 spaces left. For more info, to watch the highlights of previous years and to join us from February 5 to 7 in 2021, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, the very first edition of 2021. This is a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and boy, oh boy, happy new year to my brother from another mother, the great... Damien Christopher, you bigger, brighter, wiser, smarter, and happier in 2021, Damo. Ah, I'll tell you what, 2020 was a year to forget, PC, and <laughs> uh, I hated 2020, um, but I'm looking forward to 2021 being a great year. I think everybody else is. PC, it's great to be with you and, uh, and, and recording yet again another start to a great year. Start now- to a great year. Now, this is a start to a wonderful year, and um, before we get into the much-anticipated trends of 2021, which a lot of people, they come to this podcast, this episode, to find out what's going to happen, I need to ask you, you've been in Phillip Island sunning yourself for the last couple of weeks over the break. How'd you go down there on the beautiful line? Did you get stuck in a few uh, traffic jams and tourist uh, log jams, or were you okay down there? Well, as you know, going into Phillip Island, we cross over the bridge from San Remo and you've got the blue lines there that they always open up for the uh, the Grand Prix, the Moto Grand Prix down there. You, you, I always wonder why don't they open it up for Christmas because you just get one lane in, one lane out, but you really need the whole bridge, four lanes in, four lanes out. That's what you kind of need. But it's, uh, it is it – is, uh, it is a, a frustrating thing driving to Phillip Island, but once you're there, it's um, it's it's beautiful. It's so lovely. one of the one you know, of the trends of 2021 or maybe 2051 is a bit more traffic management down there um, yeah. at Phillip Island. Um, yeah. Now, this is the the episode you know of all episodes. When you reflect on 2020 from a nutritional trend perspective, you could almost go, did we even talk about nutrition in 2020? Was there actually anything else uh, being spoken about? Uh, from the outside looking in, I want to ask you, and I'm, I'm almost certain that you said 2020 would be the year of keto, but from the outside looking in, uh, it looked like the year of keto. 
Was it the year of keto um, or did I miss something? No, definitely there was keto. There was keto everywhere. Everyone was trying keto, uh, whether they did dirty keto, clean keto, uh, whatever, but there was keto everywhere. But there was a lot of learnings from keto this year and and even I used keto, when I say this year, gosh, we've already ticked over. So last year in 2020, um, the, you know, I used keto for some people to actually help them with their microbiome. So I was thinking, you know, some people were having lots of bloating and I thought, well, how do we decrease the amount of fiber to actually help someone with their bloating? And so I put someone onto keto and bang, the bloating just disappeared. And so like I was thinking, you know, from a microbiome perspective, you know, what, what is it? that we've got to do to get this right for every single person is not just one answer. Um, but what was really, really interesting to me was that I was now using keto, not only for fat loss, but I was using keto for gut health. But I know that a high fat, high protein diet for a lot of people long term creates a dysbiotic condition in their gastrointestinal system. So it can be bad for you, but it can be good for you. So it was a great reminder that what can heal can harm. So uh, it was good for me in 2020 to recognize that, but definitely the year of keto came. Um, it's probably still happening. There's still a lot of people being keto, but there's been a big shift towards the back end of the year um, towards, um, I, I suppose, a bit more kindness um, to, to the planet, and, uh, and so keto is going out of flavor. Well, sure. I, I wanted to ask you because, again, you're far closer to the coalface than I am. I get a warped perspective of the – trends uh, up here in the Byron Shire. Um, I want to know, is keto still dwarfed, and I mean significantly dwarfed, by the behemoth that is the vegan diet? Uh, I said you're closer to the coalface down there. Vegan is not only here to stay, but from a trend perspective in terms of product development, uh, all types of different engineering and, and solutions to problems, whether it's planetary and health and all the rest of it, it still seems to be... From my perspective, again, it's not really that uh, accurate, but the vegan is still so far ahead. It's like the winks of nutrition trends and everyone else <laughs> is miles. It's the sea biscuit. You know, uh, uh, keto is getting sloppy seconds. What is that true? Is that is, is veganism still the, the big deal? I, this is very an a this is an age or a generational thing that's happening, PC. And so what we're seeing is that those people that are kind of thirty and forty, um, feeling like they've really got to get the weight off, they've got to find a way to get the weight off. They're still doing keto, um, but the younger generation, so like the twenties and um, and into the twenties and maybe even early thirties, those people that are becoming very conscious about the planet. Um, are choosing a plant-based lifestyle, not necessarily vegan. There's a big difference between vegan and plant-based, and um, and people are choosing to go plant-based, and some of them are 100% plant-based, but they'll reject the, reject the notion of veganism. Um, and so they actually are saying, I'm not vegan, I'm plant-based. And you go, well, isn't that the same thing? They go, no, I'm everything that a vegan is, but I'm cleaner. So they don't go for the manufactured proteins like the TVP or the, you know, the tofu sausages or the tofurkey, um, fake and bacon. Yeah, tofurkey, yeah, fake and bacon. All that sort. Of, they're not going for that sort of stuff. They're going for all of the whole foods. They might say, "I'm a plant-based whole food. I'm on a plant-based whole food diet." Um, so vegan is is kind of like where I thought was like the top top tier, but now it's gone next level. Whole food, plant-based. 
and uh, and that's that's a cleaner way to eat. I prefer that. I really like that. Um, there was a comment before that Summer made that uh, a lot of people are doing keto so that they can justify how much cheese and fat that they're eating uh, and dairy that they're eating. They, and what's interesting about keto is that it's very, very, very bad for you if you're consuming um, all of the dirty components of keto but not in ketosis. Um, and that's very pro-inflammatory. So we know. Uh, and the research tells us and every observational study that's ever been done um, would would you know highlight that just eating that particular way would increase and be pro-inflammatory, increase your risk of heart disease, diabetes, different types of cancer because it's not a sustainable way to eat. It's, it's dirty. So whichever way we do go, we've actually got to be um, clean. We've got to be clean. Do you think that there's anything coming up in 2021 outside of vegan and keto? Is there a new kid on the block or will these guys have their time unopposed in uh, the coming year? I think keto is uh, on the way out. Yeah, I definitely think that keto is on the way I think keto is probably more going to be used from a treatment perspective. So people are going to be using uh, keto to treat and manage um, an acute flare of either weight or diabetes or insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome X. And so keto is so beneficial for that. But the long-term utilization implementation of a diet program or a lifestyle program is going to be a clean plant-based diet. Now, um, I think that we might see that uh, vegan or plant-based will continue to be the wings of the sea biscuit of the diet world, um, and that's with us for a long time. Um, and, and I dare say that for the better part of this decade, 2021 through to 2030, we're going to see a lot more movement towards plant-based. Um, but we'll, every now and then we'll see like a swing back to an, like a heavy animal diet or the carnivore diet or whatever else. And it'll be just those little flashes in the pan, just reminders. But, you know, even the local cafes are turning to plant-based um, and, and only serving plant-based milks with a coffee and all that sort of stuff. And, and I, I suspect that where you are, PC, up in the Byron Shire, where all these sorts of things actually happen, um, I, I would say that that's probably a big deal there. We definitely see it here in Melbourne, definitely see it in Sydney. Um, and I reckon in the Byron Shire, we'd see more of it. Well, I want to bring a couple of new uh, additions into trends of our, our annual episode. That is that is milk, that is uh, supplements, and that is superfoods, uh, just to name a few. But milk, I, I remember when I was in Europe, um, uh, in London, there was a lot of oat milk being served, and now I'm seeing a lot of oat milk being served up here. Are you seeing a lot of oat milk being served in Melbourne? Yeah, we've got oat milk um, everywhere. And so for a period of time there when Alessio Fasano was in Australia a number of years ago and we were talking about um, gluten triggering a zonulin response uh, in the body which was causing a permeability of the gut, you know, everyone was very, very fearful of gluten or anything that might actually behave like gluten like avenin that comes from oats. And so there was a rejection of the utilization of oats in the diet and obviously forage was born from that and, you know, I used different grains that were gluten-free that would, you know, contain fiber and protein, all that sort of stuff to help people get balance in their diet without the use of of oats. And, you know, because oats, you know, could actually affect the gut. But now with this movement towards plant-based, um, you know, products, you know, having oat milk, we're, we're definitely seeing more of that. We're probably going to see more nut milks, um, but oat milk seems to be relatively well-tolerated it's going to be interesting to see how much bloating actually takes place uh, with people through this vegetarian phase or vegan phase or plant-based phase for sure. That's what I was going to ask you. Are you sensing a 
um, and we may have even brought this up last year, but are you sensing that grain is is not um, uh, deviled as much as it was two or three years ago? Do you feel like it's kind of reestablished itself, like not just in society because, again, that's a different question. I'm talking about in, in wellness. Do you feel like there's more acceptance and it's people are like, oh, look, like a piece of bread's not going to kill me, whereas I feel like for a, a couple of years there was a real high, there was a real intensity around grain that it was very, you know, very, very bad. Do you feel like yeah. there's a softening somewhat um, still around grain? Um, I think definitely we're seeing more practitioners say, um, and, and, and probably, look, and I'll just qualify this, in the wellness space, we've got practitioners who are in the wellness space and then we've got a whole bunch of people that learn from TikTok or whatever else and <laughs> you know, they, you know, they're learning different kinds of information. So I'll talk from a practitioner space. Um, in the practitioner sense, we've got people uh, that are, are going very heavy plant um, but they were the ones that would, you know, kind of swing to and fro, you know, I'm going to go keto or I'm going to go plant-based or I'm going to go carnivore or I'm going to go vegan. Um, and so you, you've got all of these, you know, extreme practitioners. Um, the extreme practitioners uh, are still going to be extremes. Like they're still going to be doing the extreme thing. They might be saying, you know, let's go plant-based now or grains are okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they'll still probably stitch up the, the conversation around autoimmune disease and lectins, you know, based on um, paleo principles and all that sort of thing. But paleo is definitely gone. Like paleo is gone. We won't see any more of paleo, um, particularly here in Australia now that paleo Pete's really been um, tortured by the media. We're not going to see much more paleo um, happening. And there's not going to be anyone else who's going to want to champion it because uh, the media just jumps mm. on it. So paleo is gone. Um, keto is still around for a little bit, but just bits and pieces. Um, grain will make a comeback, but there's still a lot of caution around gluten. Um, it's not to the same extent that it was where gluten was demonized. Um, there's a bit of an acceptance of it, but it's really more caution from the perspective of, okay, let's see how you handle a little bit of gluten. Are you going to be okay with it? Um, but for people with you know, diabetes or people with an existing autoimmune condition, I think that you know the understanding that we've we've got over the last decade uh, that gluten and grains are potentially pro-inflammatory. Uh, we'll probably still see the management of those diseases that are autoimmune-based, particularly thyroid conditions. Uh, will still involve the avoidance of most grains, particularly the gluten, the glutinous grains. Now, this is one that I'm really interested in your insight on, and I'd like you to be as progressive as you think you can be. This is the superfood trend of 2021. Now, I'm going to be Johnny Come Lately and say that 2020 was definitely the year of the mushroom. That was and still is big. Will mushroom continue to go for gold or is there a superfood trend that I'd love to know if you think there's just one coming down the outside that we just haven't caught our eye on yet that... It's got a little bit of space on the shelf, but you just watch it get more shelf space at your local health food store in 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we might actually see some old superfoods kind of come back into vogue. Um, and so, you know, maca, for example. As a really? Partner, I think we might see that come back. I still, I still love maca. Love maca. Yeah. I think maca is probably going to come back. I think the mushroom thing didn't really go berserk in... Uh, Sydney and Victoria and I think that we will see mushrooms become big 
through 2021 in Victoria and, and Sydney and New South Wales. Um, obviously, in the Byron Shire, you guys are a little step ahead. You know, you kind of have been experimenting with mushrooms since the 70s. Uh, but, <laughs> Very good. But, uh, we will see uh, different uses of mushrooms and different mushrooms come in. And in fact, at our local Coles now, you can buy, you know, let's say 17 different types of mushrooms in your little in mushroom area. And so, you know, just as a, from a culinary perspective, we're seeing the use of more mushrooms. The other thing we're going to see, I think, is a better understanding of fat behavior. So fats behavior. Um, and where I've been very cautious in the past of coconut oil, and I've spoken to people about um, avoiding the cooking of coconut oil because of its of its um, early smoke point. Um, there's another point that's been recognised um, and probably been spoke, spoken about more, and we'll probably see this as being a more um, spoken about term, and that's flashpoint. And mm. flashpoint is different to smoke point. So smoke point we will see at a lower temperature, but the flashpoint is where the um, oil itself becomes bad or dangerous for you. Wow. And in Yes, and so the only two, it appears at this stage, and I need to do a bit more research on this, but I, I'm pretty sure that this is what the study said that I read the other day, was that the flashpoint of coconut and olive oil allow that coconut and olive oil would be the two most healthy cooking oils that you could have. So... I'm going to just still qualify that because I want to be, you know, clear that for some people who are bad metabolizers or poor metabolizers of saturated fat, the consumption of plant-based saturated fat or, um, you know, plant-based saturated fat or animal-based saturated fat, regardless, it's still saturated fat. So it still has the potential to be bad for you if you're a poor metabolizer of saturated fat. Um, in which case, every single person on the planet will do well from polyunsaturated fatty acids. And in my situation, and definitely yours, PC, we would be recommending people consume large amounts of olive oil. The big thing that's going to come down the pipeline this year that as a diet to compete with a plant-based diet will be the return of the healthy Mediterranean diet. And, um, and we'll continue to see the fostering and the promotion of the healthy Mediterranean diet. So 5-2 is almost gone. Michael Mosley's back talking about um, the Mediterranean diet. Um, and so from a BBC perspective, we're going to see more on you know the Mediterranean diet. Um, and the research is all focused on the Mediterranean diet, not to find out what the polyphenols are in red wine or to find out what the magic component of the Icarian um, honeybee is. Um, we're not going to be looking at those sorts of the minutiae or the um, the, the micro-ness of it. We're going to look at the macro of it and going, okay, these people are doing well, they have low levels of disease and the Mediterranean diet is the only diet on the planet that has been successfully researched to show over time, repeatedly, over and over again, that it will contribute to a healthy heart, healthy lifestyle, longevity, decrease in diabetes, decrease in heart disease. Um, and so moving towards a, a healthy Mediterranean diet is where we're going to find more people going. Um, and so I think that there'll be an understanding of the use of fats, but I think that olive oil will be the winner again. I just love that, and that's reassuring. Tell you what, you say healthy Mediterranean diet, and you just get a lot of love uh, in the comments on our Facebook live here. I think people, and and look, maybe oh, it definitely is a country-by-country country thing, but when you say healthy Mediterranean diet, I mean, the stuff that we have in Ikaria, 99% yeah. of it, we grow beautifully here in Australia. 
So it's so applicable, applicable is probably the, you know, the better word. Um, and I'm really comforted to know that uh, a diet that's going to become part, uh, even more part of popular culture is a diet that is quite easy to implement rather than something that's very restrictive and, uh, you know, is really laden with, with guilt messages because it's just so difficult to 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 implement. All right, so we've we've spent we've spent a good amount of time on on food. Is there anything you want? I do have. I'd love to know. I'd like to add in a question on supplementation. Is there a supplement that's going to be a very popular over the counter supplement that that again you think is coming on the inside or the outside that we're not quite familiar with? But I'm putting you on the spot. So if you don't think so, then I'll move on to movement. It's really interesting in the supplement space. I think because what we learned in 2020 was that. You know, where we'd use supplements to improve the immune system, we now don't need to have to worry about that. We've really effectively managed infection um, and 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 the contagiousness of viruses and bacteria. So I think that the lessons that we learned through twenty twenty because of the pandemic um, that will flow through in twenty twenty one. Um, yes, people might go back to echinacea, people might go back to olive leaf extract or vitamin C, but it'll become very, very simple. Um, I do fear a little bit for the supplement industry because I don't think it's as strong as what it, it has been. Um, and there was a significant you know, period of time in the year where many people didn't use much supplementation anyway. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to go down the herbal route. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, um, a heavy dose or high dose um, biohacking uh, mineral or amino acid route. Um, we might actually see um, more plant-based protein supplements coming into the marketplace so yes we've had brown rice we've had um pea proteins you know there'll be there might and there's been hemp protein which i just think tastes disgusting i think there's <laughs> going to be a whole bunch of different types of proteins that are going to come out there'll be another new one that people are going to move towards and i don't know what that's going to be but there will be another new one um but the other thing i think that's um probably going to be like big is nutrients to I suppose, prop people's adrenals up. And I think that we're going to find that the use of B vitamins, the simple stuff, vitamin C, um, maybe some zinc, um, and definitely your B vitamins, we're going to see a lot more utilization of the simple stuff rather than the complicated stuff. Um, obviously, um, as people um, ate their way through COVID, we're going to see an elevation of cholesterol and weight. Um, and so there'll be prescriptions of pharmaceutical drugs for um heart disease, so lowering cholesterol and bringing blood pressure down and all that sort of stuff. And so then the side effects of those um, would then warrant the utilization of things like ubiquinol um, to help decrease the effect of statin drugs um, or the negative effects of statin drugs. And maybe some people might use ubiquinol and CoQ10 or CoQ10 um, to help you know, prevent heart, you know, heart issues or cardiovascular issues. But I think it's going to be really simple stuff. It's not going to be complicated. Well, uh, you just, you've just answered Leah Hanrahan's question, what do you think of Ubiquinol? She's in her 60s. So tell you what, Damo, you're in fine form. We need to wrap this episode up, but I do want to ask you on the movement trend of 2021. Uh, there's been a lot of F45, but there's been a lot of Bar A, there's been a lot of Pilates. <laughs> Bar right. right again. Maybe I'm showing my Byron eye. My Byron is the, <laughs> here, uh, but uh, very, very Scott Morrison, very Skymo there. If you to call it Bar right. That's hilarious. Am <laughs> I got it wrong? Is it Bar? I don't know. It's Bar. Just extend. Uh, bar. I think I get confused with um. What's Bar A syndrome? You know the one that uh, Gillian Bar A. Gillian Bar A. I'm sorry to everyone that loves that loves their Bar. 
Uh, I get so confused <laughs> with the Barre syndrome. <laughs> um, so let's move straight on from that one and go all the way to your trend of 2021 from a movement perspective. What will people be getting into movement-wise in 2021? Again, I think that we're moving through uh, the survival of the kindest and where we are kind to our bodies, uh, we're going to go well. Um, and there is definitely a big push for people to be strong and there's definitely big people, a big push for people to be long. So I would say long and strong rather than short and weak. Um, and the long and strong approach is yoga um, and Pilates uh, and those sorts of primal movements. Um, there's always... You know, my feeling was that we were going to move more towards a primal movement pattern that would enable us to, you know, crawl and climb trees. But I think in the urban, you know, kind of jungle that we live in these days, if you're in the cities, most people aren't going to be climbing trees. Um, so the best thing that we can do is stretch, and, and I think that's what is going to, you know, help us live a better life. What I'd love to see everybody doing is walking for 30 minutes five times a week at a pace that enables you to have a conversation but not sing. Um, and just that little thing, just doing that every single day, like just being prescribed 30 minutes of walking five times a week at a pace that you can have a conversation but not sing. Uh, in in most studies, in fact, in almost all studies where that's been investigated, it decreases the risk of diabetes and heart disease um, to zero. Like it just gets rid of it. Um, and in terms of recovery post, um, post-stent, um, medication – and um, that moderate intensity exercise that I just recommended, just or I just spoke about there, performs very, very similarly. Uh, and so just, you know, if you've had to have a stand put in or you've had heart disease or whatever, then walking for 30 minutes a day, five days a week at a pace that you can have a conversation um, but not sing uh, will, will be very, very beneficial for you. So I'm, I'm saying walking will make a comeback, uh, which will be great. We'll see more people walking because they did it anyway during COVID. Um, and then we'll see Pilates and yoga um, going from strength to strength. I love it. And uh, and as uh, Dr. Professor Michael Woodward has shared with us on, on 100 Not Out, you know, going for a walk for half an hour a day is going to prevent, uh, well, if we all did it, we'd have 42% less dementia on the planet. So I think, like you said, Amazing. Damo, um, it's, a, it's an incredibly powerful uh, way to spend half an hour, one of your 48 half-hour blocks that you have each day. Hey, um. I think one thing that you mentioned quite regularly when you're speaking and I think gets really um, – we don't focus on it enough is the the wisdom that we've gleaned over the years in the untrending, the stuff that has been uh, passed on from generation to generation uh, for across cultures and all the rest of it. And from a movement perspective, I just get reminded – I was asked about this today, you know, what is the most common thing? And I said, well, my mate Damien Christoph talks about, you know, uh, our research into blue zones and the most common food element being beans. So if you're really looking for something, beans. But from movement, yeah. I think it's a it's a lot more profound, and that is gardening. And I wanted to say that you know you are one of the leaders in this space. You are so active <laughs> with your garden, and I just think that for people going, what can I do to be more active? I think if you've got an overgrown garden, an undergrown garden, no garden at all, like one of the great ways to um, get stronger and longer or maintain your strength and length is to invest more in your garden. And, um, yeah, you know, right, as, cool. as Damo will talk about, a garden, edible garden as well, one that you can make the most out of and really enjoy. So I think I'd just like to pop that in. That won't be trendy, but oh, maybe it will be given that it, um, be. it, it po- possibly it was in 2020 um, with everyone spending more time at home. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, in 2020, uh, on my birthday, I received a parcel. I told you about this, Giorgio Stefanatos. He gave me, um, you know, produce that he he'd grown himself and that he'd produced himself, and um, and he's a young guy, you know. So we're we're looking at people that are young and fit and healthy, growing stuff in their own backyards, um, and then you know sharing that produce. Um, I do the same. You know, we've got tomatoes growing in our balcony. We've got spinach leaves growing. We've got all different types of herbs and spices. Um, I've got sunflowers growing at the moment because I want to harvest the seeds. So I've got all these things that are kind of happening at the moment um, in my garden on my balconies um, that we can do. I don't have a ground-based garden, but I've got an upstairs garden. So I think we'll see that people are going to want to have their own garden to at least get something out of it, You know, whether it's spinach or lettuce, uh, whether it's kale. Uh, whether it's tomatoes, it'll be something. People are looking to grow something. It gives you something to do. It's a little hobby too, which I love. Absolutely. Damo, wishing you an incredible 2021. We've kicked off the year beautifully in fine form, if I may say so myself. Uh, here's to a big year, great man. Uh, we've got some exciting announcements too to make over the coming weeks. But uh, okay. what we can say is that 100 Not Out, uh, is it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun adventure mm-hmm. in, uh, I think, year number eight together. Can you believe it? It's amazing, isn't it? It is yet. No, we started we in 2013. No, wouldn't we have completed 20, uh, eight years? Yeah, maybe. Well, anyway, I won't try and calculate it too much. But in any case, it is. <laughs> it's going to be a wonderful well, year. I love the enthusiasm that uh, we all have at the beginning of a year, new beginnings. Uh, we're wishing you an incredible 2021 uh, 100 Not Out listeners. Make sure you find out more about Damo over at hey, DamienChristoph.com. Oh, wait, yes, wait, you got a joke. I was thinking the other day. I was yes. thinking the other day. Yeah. What? What's? What's the French word for rendezvous? Oh come on! <laughs> Is that it? A word for déjà vu. Do I have a, deja, a word for déjà vu? I don't know. I was just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, that's joke number two. Oh, he's good. He's good. Well done. Uh, more jokes over at DamienChristoph.com. I think he's got a free ebook of his 52 most uh, well-received jokes. You can get that over at DamienChristoph.com. Just enter your details. Uh, myself, <laughs> MarcusBeers.com.au. I love it already. Uh, we look forward to your company throughout 2021. Uh, may you enjoy your best year on this planet yet. Until next week, folks, thanks for your support and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. I feel now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.